Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions. ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه نعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد ان شاء الله today uh, we will uh, continue our sira session uh, fourth fourth lecture uh, 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 and today we will be covering the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the continuation from what we have covered so far. Uh, the last thing we discussed in the last session was regarding the social, economic, economical, and ethical uh, situation of uh, Arabian Peninsula, um, and uh, inshallah we'll try to cover the lineage. Today and the next uh, week, we will cover the time from the birth of Rasulullah wasallam until uh, he became uh, the Prophet. Allah subhanahu wa taala appointed him as the Prophet of Allah. Uh, so before we talk about the subject of the lineage and the family of Rasulullah wasallam, it is important to just uh, talk about a little bit briefly about the issue of uh, uh, that, uh, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about uh, the issue of families or uh, when we talk about uh, who is uh, chosen or better than if one, one kind of people are better than the other or things like that. Allah Azza wa Jal says, Ya ayyuhal nas, إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ مِنْ ذَكَرٌ وَأُنْثَى وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلًا لِتَعَرَفُوا إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَبْقَاكُمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ صدق الله العظيم In this ayah in Surah Al-Hajarat, Allah Azza wa Jal is uh, addressing the mankind, saying, O oh mankind, يَا أَيُّهُ النَّاسِ إِنَّا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ And we have created you from one male and one female. And we are the one who have made you into nations and tribes. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions about, so first, number one thing to understand, Allah is the one who is saying that we are the one who created you from one man and one woman. And then about us being different races or people from different, of different colors, or speak different languages, or living in a different geographical locations, Allah is saying, Allah is taking this response to Himself. He's the one who created us like this. That we were created from one man and woman, but we were created in, a, in, a, in that sense of skin color, or the language you speak, differently. But Allah is also mentioning why. So you can recognize each other. So the only purpose of us belonging to a race, other than the other, one from the other, is just for the recognition, so we can recognize each other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we are the one who carry into nations and tribes, so you recognize each other. 
inna akramakum indallaha atqakum and in front of Allah Azza wa Jal the one who has more ikram the one who is honorable is the one who has taqwa amagyu and innallaha alimu khabira indeed Allah is the one who has the knowledge and Allah is the one who has the information about who has more taqwa than the other who is more righteous than the other it's not up to you and I to decide who is better than the other Okay, so this is judgment to Allah Azza wa Jal. Now, uh, the reason I brought this up is so since we are talking about the lineage of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we understand this is not the issue of uh, a person can become better just because he belongs to a certain family. Even a person can belong to the family of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam if he does not have the taqwa. And taqwa is linked with, of course, the iman and a salihah. If that's not there, that does not give one man precedence over the other. Even if he belongs to the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know of many incidents Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned in the Quran and in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that clarifies this subject also. As we know, in the time of Nuh alayhi salatu wa sallam, who was another messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and... Uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran the story of Nuh, how the Tufan came and uh, all the people were uh, drowned except the ones that were believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who were going along with Nuh alayhi salam following the message. And even his own son, he was one of the ones who denied <coughs> the message. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran when he was drowning, Nuh alayhi salam said, Qala, uh, 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 he was asking Allah Azza wa to save him, making dua to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that you promise me that you will save my family. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Allah Subhanahu wa Oh no, your son uh, uh, he he is not from your family. Why? Because Because his actions were not the one of the righteous ones. So he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, did not even consider him as the family of Nuh. Of course, he is referred as a son of Nuh, but when it comes to be saved, it's not your uh, uh, lineage that is going to save you from anything. So that is very important to remember when we are discussing even the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And if somebody dies in the state of kufr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very clearly mentions in Surah At-Tawbah, says, وَلَا تُسَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا وَلَا تَقُومَ عَلَىٰ قَبْرٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, do not pray, and do not pray the funeral to Rasulullah s.a.w. is referring to, or any of them who has died ever, or stand at his, his grave. Who are these people? إِنَّهُمْ كَفَرُوا بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Because they are the one who rejected Allah and his messenger. So if a person who dies in the state of the kufr, the one who is uh, not a Muslim, whether he is our own family members, it is not allowed for us to pray for them even, after they're dead. Not talking about before the death. If a person dies in the state, in the, uh, of, the state of the kufr. Okay? Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is, sometimes this idea of praying for a person who does not even believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who is the openly rejecter of Allah and His Messenger. 
And because of certain uh, political associations and all those things, we find that uh, some, uh, some of us go in this direction of we have to make dua for them. As if they even care, number one thing. It's more of a become uh, the issue of that we, what we are doing is so we can come out as we are Muslims who make dua for everybody, who remember the, everybody even though they are rejecting the deen of Allah Azza wa So this is not, first of all, to understand. This is not called hate speech or something. It's the issue of hukum shara'i. What Allah Azza wa has told us that it is not allowed for us to make dua for a person who has died as a kafir, who rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who rejected Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as his messenger. Okay? Now, talking about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his lineage now, when we look into the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu we find three different levels. And uh, actually a brother, a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Sirah, and he talked to me about we should have some more detailed discussion about lineage or have some tables and these kind of things probably we can provide to the others as well. Uh, unfortunately, I would love you able to go into that kind of detail in this lecture uh, because of the limitedness of time. Uh, maybe that something should be addressed some other time in, in other means. But, uh, so Allah's lineage can be defined in uh, three levels. First level, it starts from Rasulullah wasallam, and that goes back to Adnan. And the lineage basically goes like this. Um, uh, uh, before I give the lineage, so the, the three levels are these. One is goes from Rasulullah to Adnan. Second goes from above Adnan, and that goes back to uh, Ismail and Ibrahim And the third level, which is goes from Ibrahim to Adam Now, the issue about these three levels is, the first level, we can find, as a matter of many of the, 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 the historians, and the ones who write uh, a biography of Rasulullah they have done enough research to the uh, hadith of Rasulullah and they can find evidences regarding the first aspect of it, which is the first level, from Rasulullah up to Adnan. When it comes to the second level, that is from Adnan to Ibrahim this level have a lot of uh, ikhtilaf. There's a lot of different opinions, there's a lot of issues. Uh, and the third one for sure has mistakes. Okay? But, um, uh, so the first one that I'm talking about, one of the hadith in that subject is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, and this hadith is mentioned in Sahih Muslim, Inna Allah astafa kinana min walad isma'il. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chosen kinana, from the, from, from the son of Ismail and Quraysh from Kinana. So another uh, leading uh, personality within that uh, lineage of Rasulullah was Quraysh. And we'll talk about him also. <coughs> and from Quraysh, Allah subhanahu chose Bani Hashim. And Rasulullah said, Allah subhanahu chose me from the Bani Hashim. Okay? Now, so these are the, uh, when, when we go into the first level, we see the level starts, and actually there's quite a few names, and you have to bear with me, so at least I will talk about the first level, because that's the most important one, that's the one which is authenticated. So uh, we can trust in this. That says, Rasulullah 
was he was Muhammad bin Abdullah. He was the son of Abdullah, and Abdullah was son of Abdul Muttalib, and his name was Shayba. Abdul Muttalib's name was Shayba, uh, and he was the son of Hashim, and his name was Amr, and he was the son of Abdul Munaf. So Abdul Munaf is another name we should remember because we will talk about it a little bit more again. Uh, <clears throat> and Abdul Munaf, his name was Mughira, and uh, his son was Qusay. Uh, and his name was Zayd, uh, uh, and he's the son of, of Kilab bin Murra, bin Ka'ab bin Luay, bin Ghalib bin Fihr. And this Fihr, the last one, he was the one who was also called Quraysh. Fihr was the one who was also Quraysh. Bin Malik, the son of Malik, and uh, 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 Ibn Nadar, son of Nadar, his name was Qais, bin Kinana, uh, son of Kinana, bin Khuzayma, son of Khuzayma, bin Mudraka. Son of Mudraka, Ismu Amr, his name was Amr, bin Ilyas bin Mudr, bin Nazar bin Ma'ad bin Adnan. So this Adnan is the last one. Now, <coughs> the other two which I uh, mentioned uh, that goes from Adnan to Ibrahim alayhi uh, I will just leave it as is. If somebody wants, uh, we, we can talk about this and there are actually, alhamdulillah, there's charts here also, both sides. And uh, we can talk about that after the lecture if you like to look at those charts as well. And so is the third one that starts with Ibrahim and goes to Adam. Now, when we talk about the family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we probably hear this all the time, that uh, Rasulullah was from Bani Hashim. And he was Hashimi, we say, say right? So he was from the Al-Usratul Hashimiyah. So Bani Hashim... As as we as I mentioned, we'll talk about that also because Hashim was uh, was one of the sons of Abdul Munaf. Okay, uh, and uh, <coughs> Abdul Munaf was the son of Qusay. So Qusay uh, was the main actually person that came to Mecca, and he spread out his family there, and he became the leader. He became the leader. Of the Mecca, and the Qusay is the one who became the caretaker of many responsibilities that was included in taking care of the pilgrims, the Hujjaj that used to come. He used to give the water, give the give the food to them, and he was a flag bearer. Any war or anything is happening, they are the one. He's the one who's leading. He was the caretaker of the Kaaba, caretaker of. Uh, 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 of the door of the Kaaba and also he got this importance all of this because of another thing which is he is the one who established Darul Nadwa so Qusay is the one who established Darul Nadwa Darul Nadwa was what? it was the place of assembly you can think of it they were decision making place so all the leaders would gather over there and they would make the decision over there and uh, Qusay is the one who started off Darul Nadwa. Okay? Now, Qusay was a big figure among the people of the Mecca, and, uh, he, and he had uh, uh, many sons, and the eldest one was uh, Abdul Dar. Even though Abdul Dar was the oldest son, he chose, uh, chose Hashim, uh, 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 sorry, Abdul Munaf, uh, is the one who should be the next, you can think of it as a crown prince, if you want to call it, or the one who will be the next leader, the one who will be the next caretaker of the Kaaba, the one who will be the, the leader of the Darul Nadwa, and all those things that uh, I talked about. 
Now, Abdul Manaf, who was, because he, has, he preferred him because of his talent and whatever the Qusayi saw in him. Now, when, uh, because uh, his decisions were unquestionable among the Mecca. They were not going to question him and everybody agreed on him. So, when Qusayi uh, passed away, Abdul Munaf, he took over. And he continued to be the leader of the, of the Mecca, of the Quraysh. And, uh, but after Abdul Munaf died, uh, then the problem started between the, you can think of it, the grandchildren of Qusayi, or the sons of uh, Abdul Munaf, and the sons of Abdul Da. And at that point, there was a treaty broke out between them at least, and that treaty caused it to uh, Abdul Manaf to take care of the cab, the, the, the hujjaj who were coming in, uh, for uh, providing them food and drinks and all those things. But when it comes to Darul Nadwa and, uh, and the Kaaba, that was taken over by Ab- the, the family of Abdul Dawn. Now, among the uh, children of uh, uh, Abdul Manaf, one was Hashim. Okay? And uh, they draw a lot among the, the sons of Abdul Manaf that which son or his lineage will continue on from there. So they agreed on, Bani ha- uh, uh, on the Hashim. And this is where the Bani Hashim came from. Now, as, as, we, uh, uh, as we talked about that uh, the Hashim, his name was actually Anur. The reason he was called Hashim because he used to crumble the bread and put it into a soup for the hujjaj used to come. And uh, actually the word is hashama. Hasha means to crumble the bread. And so he used to crumble the bread. This is why he was called Hashim. Right? So the brothers who know a little bit of Arabic, they know when, how the hashama becomes Hashim. And Hashim means the one who crumbles the bread. Yeah? So from there the, the name Hashim come, uh, came from. And... Uh, uh, Hashim, uh, he took over, uh, the, as I mentioned, about taking care of the Hujjah. This, uh, this was a noble work. Uh, it was not a small thing. But, uh, so he was uh, actually going, uh, uh, he, was going to, he went to Medina, and he got married over there with a woman named Salma. And he spent time with her. After spending some time, he was on his way to, uh, to, to, to Syria or Sham at that time. And uh, when he was in Palestine, he, he, passed, he died over there. And he was buried in Gaza. Today in Gaza that we hear all the time in the news. Uh, he was buried over there. And uh, after two months of his death, his wife Salma, she gave birth to a son. And that son's name was Shaiba. And uh, the reason he was named Shaybah because he had w- w- gray hair, white hair. So because Shaybah means the one with the uh, gray hair. So they, they named him Shaybah. And uh, now the family of, uh, uh, family of uh, Hashim did not know that there was a son who was in Medina now. And uh, uh, after Hashim passed away, his brother uh, Muttalib, not Abdul Muttalib, Muttalib. He took over and he was taking care of the Hujjaj. 
Now, when uh, Muttalib found out well, uh, that uh, Hashim had a son in Medina, so he went to Medina, and at that time, uh, at that time, Shaiba was, uh, uh, he was the age of a boyhood. And when he went there, he, he wanted to take uh, Shaiba back to Mecca. But uh, he did not want to go. His mother did not want him to go. But he convinced the mother, Salma, that uh, he is the uh, real uh, caretaker of uh, the authority in Mecca about caretaking of the Hujjah. So he should go to Mecca and he convinced her and she got convinced and he took him back to Mecca. When he took him back to Mecca, over there, they did not know that Hashim had a son, Shaiba. So when they saw a young boy with Muttalib coming back from Medina, so they thought of him as the slave of Muttalib. This is why they start calling him Abdul Muttalib. They called him Abdul Muttalib, but Muttalib told them that he is not my slave, he is my nephew. He is the son of Hashim, and, uh, but uh, the name kind of got stuck with him. And uh, as we talked about before also, this is part of uh, some Arab culture, that uh, names can be, uh, sometimes the titles actually take over, or the kunia takes over the real name, and uh, many of the times actually you, you have to really dig up the real names of the Sahaba Rasulullah Like for example, it be, uh, many of us may not know what, the, what was the real name of uh, Abu Hurairah or what was the name of Abu Bakr Siddiq and, uh, and on and on, you can find many names like that. Uh, so uh, that, that's, part of, uh, that was, that's part of the culture over there. So he was referred to Abdul Muttalib, but his name was Shayba. Now, uh, when uh, Muttalib passed away, at that time, uh, Abdul Muttalib was, um, um, from now on I'll use the name Abdul Muttalib because I, I know most of us are more aware of the name Abdul Muttalib than if I continue to use the name Shayba. Okay? So Abdul Muttalib was supposed to take over, but uh, Nofal, one of the fam- family members, he actually usurped the power that was supposed to be passed on to Abdul Muttalib. And uh, Abdul Muttalib, he went uh, to the Quraysh and he asked them to the power should be passed on to him. But they did not want to get in the middle of this. So, uh, so Abdul Muttalib, he went back to his uncle in, uh, in Medina. And his name was Abu Sa'ad. Uh, Abu Sa'ad, so he, he, when he found out that his authority has been usurped, taken away, so he came with 80 horsemen with him. And uh, when, he, uh, uh, when he came to Mecca, he stopped at, the name, uh, at a place called uh, Al-Abtah. At Al-Abtah, he stopped there. Abdul Muttalib, he wanted to come and stay with him. But, but, uh, but Abu Sa'ad said, he's going to beat Nawfal first. He's not going to stay with him until he takes care of this business. So he went with 80 swordmen, the horsemen that he had, who were armed. And he went to Nawfal, who was sitting in Kaaba with all the other uh, older people. And he took out the sword and he put it on the, uh, Nawfal. 
And he, he asked him to give the authority back to Abdul Muttalib. And now in this forced condition, uh, Nawfal gave the authority back to Abdul Muttalib in front of everybody, and everybody agreed. So don't forget one thing about how the, the tribal things work, worked at that time. That if somebody has given the word, remember we talked about the ethics, we talked about the promises, or somebody has given the word, they would even die for it, they would give the blood for it. So now here, he gave the word, and then the power, or authority, was given back to Abdul Muttalib. Now, Abdul Muttalib, uh, he had the two, uh, two great events happen in his life. That gave him prominence among the Meccans also. The first one was, he was commanded, and some of the things talk about in his dream, uh, the reports are different, but he was commanded to go and dig up the well of Zamzam. Yeah? So we talked a little bit about that in the past. This is the same well that uh, started gushing out when uh, Ibrahim left his wife Hajira and Ismail, and they were there and the skin came out. And then later on, uh, when uh, Durham, the, uh, when they were uh, uh, one of the Yemeni uh, tribe, the one who were ruling over it, and then uh, there was a fight, a fight broke out, and when they lost, when they were leaving, they shut down the Zamzam well uh, with some of the things that were taken out of the Kaaba as well. So nobody knew where the Zamzam was after that. And uh, Abdul Muttalib is the one who was able to open up the well of Zamzam. And this, uh, 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 this well it was one of the main sources of water that was given to the Hujjah especially. Yeah? Now, and he continued to keep the, he, he kept the control within his family on the well of Zamzam. The second, uh, by the way, when this incident happened about Zamzam, he made the vow that if he has 10 sons and they become old, meaning uh, adult, they become adult, he will uh, sacrifice one of the sons. Okay? Now, <clears throat> uh, so when, uh, I'll talk about the sacrifice the issue at the end, but uh, the second incident that happened was, uh, there was a king in, uh, in Yemen, who was, a, who, was, who was Abyssinian, originally, Abraha, when he found out about the Kaaba, how much respect Kaaba gets, and the people pilgrims come from all, all around, and they visit the Kaaba. So he created uh, he, uh, he created a, a church, one of the kalisa, and the, the purpose of creation of that was so the people will be attracted there. One of the guys from Banu Kinana, one of the tribes, what he did was <clears throat> he he went to uh, Yemen and. Uh, and he dedicated the church. And when, uh, when uh, Abraham found out, he got angry. And he prepared an army of 60,000, including uh, elephants. <coughs> so then some of the reports said 9 elephants, some said 13 elephants, elephants. And he was on one of the biggest elephants. He was riding himself. Now, when this army <coughs> was uh, heading towards the Kaaba, and uh, entered uh, <coughs> and uh, uh, he, he, st- he stopped actually at a valley called Muhassir between Muzdalifah and Mina 
And now, when he stationed the army there, and whenever he tried to move towards uh, the Kaaba, his elephant would stop, kneel down, they wouldn't uh, would kneel down. But if any other direction is uh, he was trying to ride the camel or not the camel, the elephants, they would uh, they would go. But only place whenever he was trying to ride towards the uh, the Kaaba, he could not go in that direction. And the people of Mecca, what they did was all of them they hid uh, in uh, in the mountains. They ran away from the Kaaba. They knew that the army is there of sixty thousand with elephants, and they ran away. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and we are all aware of. The surah, surah al-Fil, that, uh, that talks about Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashab al-Fil That's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, basically uh, is talking about the situation of the uh, people of the field or, or, or the elephant Now, uh, in that story Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent some birds, a babil And they had some stones and they used to throw the stones at the, uh, at the army and the elephants And whoever it touched, uh, uh, they, they, they were killed Now this story about uh, about the uh, about the people of the elephant or the Abraha's army, that story spread out all across. Everybody was aware of that, and this was, if you want to say, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala was preparing the grounds for the coming of a new prophet, and uh, uh, and the people. This was a, among them was a common thing that they did not know what really happened here. And they were expecting if there was some prophet or somebody who come would be able to explain. And this is exactly Allah Subhanahu explained in Surah Al-Fil to the people of Quraysh. And when Allah Subhanahu is talking about Surah Al-Fil, one of the surah right before that one is Surah Al-Quraysh. That talks about the ilah Quraysh. That how Allah Subhanahu put the love of the Quraysh in the hearts of the people. And how they were traveling for, uh, uh, to, 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 uh, to travels uh, during the year, one in summer, one in winter, and uh, that's another thing, by the way, which is attributed to Qusay that uh, the, the, the travel started from summer and winter during his time. Uh, Allah Subhanahu is reminding them, and uh, we find that these two surahs are back to back. And uh, some of the, the, the some of the scholars even try to say that these are part. There's one surah, uh, surah to feel and surah to Quraysh, but that's a separate issue. Uh, now. <clears throat> now, when this event happened, people were uh, looking up to uh, answers for this uh, the, the, the incident of the field. Now, so Rasulullah actually was born within the same year, and this is why when we read the biography, we see that it says Rasulullah was born in Amul field, the uh, the year of the field, year of the elephants. And uh, most of the reports, uh, they say about two months after this incident, Rasulullah uh, was born. Now, so this was about Abdul Muttalib. And uh, so this is uh, when, now, when he, he had two, 10 sons, and some of the reports talk about he had 11 and 13 sons. But when he had 10 sons who reached the age of puberty, he remembered his vow. So he took, uh, the, the way they used to do was, they used to take the draws. You would write the names uh, uh, on, on the arrows, and then they shuffle them, and they pull, pull one out, and whoever name comes out, they would uh, act, uh, do the action on it. Now, when uh, when uh, when Abdul Muttalib did that, uh, the name of his son Abdullah came out, and this was he was his beloved son, and one of the smartest sons uh, he had. 
So his name came out. <coughs> came out. And uh, he was taking his son Abdullah to the place where they used to sacrifice. He had the razor and his brother and his, uh, uh, his other, uh, other family members came and they tried to stop him. Not to do that. So they said, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to uh, there's a female fortune tellers or future tellers and ask her a way out. Instead of slaughtering or sacrificing your son, why don't you go and ask ask her? So when they when he went to her, she said, the way out for you is this. You take another arrow, write down ten camels on them, on, on, on it, and uh, one arrow should have the name of Abdullah. And now do the draws. And every time the, the name of Abdullah comes, it means you have to sacrifice ten camels instead of him. Okay? So until the camels will come out, and you sacrifice them, and you are good to go. Your, the life of your son will be saved. So this process went through about ten times, and he ended up slaughtering hundred camels. And this is the time from there on, they, uh, even among the, uh, uh, the, uh, among the Meccans, this uh, ritual of uh, blood money became 100 camels. Because the blood of Abdullah was saved here. Abdullah bin Abdul Muqad. Now, <clears throat> after this incident happened, uh, Abdul Muqad, he, uh, uh, he married his uh, son, Abdullah, to, uh, to Amina, the mother of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. <clears throat> who was from a noble family as well. And uh, when, uh, there, there are two stories that talk about Abdullah. One is, says that Abdul Muttalib, after they got married and they spent time together, uh, he sent his, sent his son Abdullah to Medina to get the dates. Other says that he sent him to Syria for some trade purposes. Either way, when he was in Medina, whether he was coming back from, uh, from Sham or Syria, or he was in Medina to get the dates, when he was in Medina, he got sick and he, he died over there. After Abdullah died, uh, about two months after the death of Abdullah, the father of Rasulullah uh, Amina, the mother of Rasulullah gave birth to Rasulullah And uh, this is the year, uh, as I mentioned before, that is referred as Amul Fil, the year of the elephants. And based on these two, this incident that his father, Abdullah, Rasulullah's father, Abdullah, was going to be sacrificed. And we know there was another sacrifice within the lineage of Rasulullah was about to happen. Allah saved him. was Ismail Based on that, Rasulullah said, That I am... The son of two, meaning two sacrificed ones, the one who would have been sacrificed. And the hadith says, يعني إسماعيل وأباه عبد الله. Meaning, Ismail alayhi salatu wasalam and his father, Abdullah, Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib. So, uh, I will stop here today as far as the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam goes. Uh, and we will talk about, we'll continue our session on the seerah uh, about the birth of Rasulullah until he uh, was appointed as a prophet in the next session, inshallah. But today, uh, if there is any question on the subject of uh, the lineage of Rasulullah, uh, I'll try to answer, inshallah.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our